Hey everybody, it's John Maroon. Thanks again for joining us here on Spotlight, the Maroon PR podcast, all things public relations. Today you got a special treat because you're going to hear very little of me. Um, joining us today, as often is, is Jen Bloomer, our VP of Digital Creative, blah, blah, blah. Jen mm-hmm. Bloomer, welcome. Good morning. And <laughs> Clara Pino, a first-time Spotlight host. Clara is our social media director. Hi, Clara. Hi, everyone. She's a little anxious, but it's going to be great because she's super smart. She knows all about social media, and I don't. So thanks again for downloading Spotlight. I think you're going to enjoy hearing uh, the insight from uh, Clara and Jen. All right. Well, 2017 is coming to an end. And as we know, in the social media world, things change every day. And it's hard to keep up with um, what's new and what opportunities um, lie ahead with social media. But I know Clara, our team, we do a really good job at trying to stay in the the trenches um, and kind of in the weeds of what's happening and what's coming up. So I just want to dive in and kind of talk about the what was social media in 2017. So I guess let's start with influencers, because obviously that was a really big topic. Um, We saw, you know, blogging and and, um, the idea of social media influencers wasn't new in 2017, but I feel like it really kind of gained momentum. Um, And from our team's perspective, um, from the traditional public relations side, um, we kind of saw everyone embrace influencers. For sure. And it's just crazy to think about how now we've gotten to a point where you don't even have to have your own blog or anything. Like we talk to Instagrammers every day and that's a thing now. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how um, we've worked with some of the account teams to integrate influencers into the overall PR strategies? Sure. So um, with a lot of our hospitality and restaurant clients, we work with influencers all the time. Um, so we'll host events where we invite a group of them and um, kind of show off our food and cocktails and let them take a bunch of pictures. But also it's a great opportunity to really get to know them and learn about what kind of content they enjoy sharing and um, what some of their favorite restaurants are, what new restaurants they're looking to engage with. And it's just a really cool way to um, bring everyone on board and get to know them a bit better. Sure. So, uh, yeah, there's a there's a part of it that is it goes back to the core of, of PR and that we build relationships. So even though these people are living on social media and their <laughs> their brands are on social media, um, we take it a step further to really get to know them. Um, and really, they can give us insights into the industry and what they're seeing. Absolutely. And um, it kind of and then, you know, why it's so important, you know, this third party endorsement, that's that's always been um, the core of of PR. So people value the third-party endorsement versus the paid advertising a little bit more. Um, that's what we believe. And now it's it's taken a step further because everyone has a social media platform. And so now you get that feedback from your friends and your followers and people that are influential. Having that third-party endorsement um, is really valuable um, to followers. And we've seen that you know posts lead to pe- traffic into restaurants. Um, and these people talking about our brands um, is really fantastic. Um, so that relationship part is, is definitely really important. What about how it affects our clients' social media? So I know here at Maroon PR, um, our team, our social media team is focused on social media management of our platforms, of our clients' platforms. So you, you spend a lot of time 
building strategy, um, monitoring the, the platforms, responding to customers. Um, but how does the inf influencer world and those efforts kind of help enhance our clients' social media? Sure. So a big part of that is definitely um, the engagement factor. So as soon as influencers um, share photos about our clients or post about in an event, um, we right away want to comment and thank them for sharing that, um, but also kind of see how people are responding to that. So commenting to people who are asking questions about the food item, um, telling them to follow along and learn more about a restaurant or um, a certain food or beverage mm -hmm. um, and definitely reposting that content as well. So they take these amazing photos um, that we want to share in as many ways as possible. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, obviously, um, the food community is really um, has kind of led the influencer space. Um, there's also mom blogs um, and the, the mom community. Um, and then there's a athletes and, and the whole sports community. Can you talk a little bit about um, the work we've done with Big League Chew in that regard? Sure. So everyone knows um, that Big League Chew obviously has a really strong connection to baseball, and we're always looking for different baseball players that um, like the product and post pictures when they're blowing a crazy bubble. We love that stuff, but something we've done a lot of this year is kind of looking beyond baseball and looking for athletes and other sports that you may not think um, chew gum. But um, we recently saw um, an, an, an NHL player who uh, loves to chew bubble gum, and there was a really nice shot of him in the locker room with a huge team rally bucket behind him. So, of course, right away we reached out to him. He shared a post about it. Um, we sent him more gum, so we'll continue to engage with him. But um, there was also a NASCAR racer mm -hmm. uh, earlier this year who tweeted about bubble gum. And just it's really cool to reach out to these different types of athletes and be able to engage with different audiences, too, not just baseball fans. Mm -hmm. um, so we definitely do a lot of that for Big League Chew. Yeah, and it's a, and it's a great way if there isn't um, a big media opportunity coming up um, or you know something to get placed in, in traditional media. It's a really nice way to continue to promote the brand, get the brand out there um, without having a, a big story. Um, you know, it's just that continuous kind of looking and trying to find influencers. That, and it's really easy for a brand to send some product. Um, it's a really easy and effective way to send them the product, get it in their hands, and then kind of see where it goes organically. Um, so moving on, I guess, you know, another big part of what you guys do on a daily basis is customer service with social. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you saw that expand more um, in 2017? Yeah, so um, there's just so much that we can do in terms of customer service on social media right now. And of course, consumers still will ask for help or make a complaint in person or um, call your office to talk through something, um, maybe even still send uh, emails. But um, just over this past year, we've, we keep seeing increases in consumers who are reaching out through social media to um, complain about something, maybe just ask a simple question and um, more and more consumers are expecting a quick response. Mm -hmm. um, and the main thing consumers want is they just want that response and some type of resolution, whether it's just an apology or um, just an acknowledgement that you heard what they had to say and right. you're sharing that with your team. Um, 
So I think it's really important for brands to be monitoring that closely and responding quickly and um, kind of have a plan in place to address these things quickly and not um, just ignore them because Mm -hmm. brands can't afford to be doing that anymore because it is customer service. Absolutely. And even taking that to a a little bit more of a proactive um, measure. So, um, you know, one of our clients, Roy Rogers, we've been talking recently about relationship marketing and how they can can really get into their consumers, um, understand them, interact with them in their in their restaurants. Um, can you talk a little bit about how, how we're approaching the same thing, but on social media and kind of the surprise um, reaching out to, to customers and awarding them with gift certificates or just you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we do that with um, a few different clients. So of course we love user-generated content. So we're always on the lookout for any fans who are sharing great posts, reviews, um, just interesting feedback, or even if it's just a funny story about the brand that we may may have never known otherwise. Um, So we always, you know, comment right away and thank them for doing that. But just taking it a step further and saying, you know, this is a really great photo that you shared. Here's a pouch of Big League Chew or, um, I don't know, there are just so many different things yeah. you can do, but we love doing that with fans, and it's just a great way to encourage more fans to kind of do the same thing so all of your followers are seeing that, and mm-hmm. hopefully they'll remember that the next time they have a great story about your yeah. brand. And even going a little bit, like, just being a little goofy, and we, we're, we've seen a lot of that this year, I think, on social with some of the larger um whether it be a fast food brand um, or just some of the larger brands kind of taking um, a little bit of leeway and having fun with social and, and kind of the contests or, or just surprising fans with outlandish gifts, that kind of stuff. So can you kind of talk about how um, we look for that stuff when we're, you know, on the day-to-day, day-to-day basis? Sure. So we are always watching, of course, for anyone who tags us, but we also um, set up certain brand keywords to keep an eye out for people who are posting about our brand or something related to our brand um, so that we're not missing those opportunities. Um, So with Big League Chew, we might um, on certain days keep an eye out for those words together, mm-hmm. um, bubble gum, bubble gum and baseball, um, some of the flavors. If we really want to push ground ball grape one week, mm-hmm. we might dig through some old messages about someone posting about that, but may not have thought to tag Big League Chew. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like consumers just want to know that the brands are personal and, and, and care about the consumers. And um, we see that more and more with social. So it's definitely an important strategy to to keep moving forward with in 2018. Yeah, even if you don't have something to give away, just replying Mm -hmm. to someone and saying thank you or with a heart emoji or smiley face (laughs) emoji, that can go a long way for sure. Um, So shifting gears a little bit into our uh, nonprofit clients, I know we handle social for about five or six um, nonprofit clients and um, Giving Tuesday and fundraising is always a huge topic um, with our nonprofits and how they can activate fan bases to donate. So can let's talk a little bit about the <laughs> everyone's favorite topic of Giving Tuesday, but kind of the larger picture around fundraising this year. Giving Tuesday has been around for um, quite a few years mm-hmm. now. And for those of you who don't know, it's um, all about giving back after the Cyber Monday, the Small Business Saturday, and the Black Friday shopping is over. Um, Because this time of year, it really is the season of giving. Um, 
So it's been this great social media campaign that was really exciting at first. And then (laughs) it just became overwhelming because so many nonprofits are trying to capitalize on it. And there's just a lot going on. And it's really hard to kind of stand out amongst all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But this year, I think, was the first year in a while that it's been really exciting um, because Facebook partnered with the Gates Foundation and um, the Gates Foundation pledged to match up to $2 million in donations on Giving Tuesday um, if you made the donation through Facebook. So Mm -hmm. Facebook has some really cool features now that make it really easy to donate to any charity and you can also set up a personal fundraiser. So if it's for Giving Tuesday or maybe your birthday, if you're sick of getting birthday mm-hmm. presents, you can set up a fundraiser and ask your friends and family to donate to a cause you really care about. Um, so it's just this really exciting new thing that's come out this year um, that has a lot of potential to help nonprofits raise more money, but also to help us educate more people about the importance of these nonprofits and what they're mm-hmm. doing and why you have to donate to help yeah. them. It was certainly, yeah, it's a really, I think, great move by Facebook to, you know, they, they invested a lot in this in the Facebook fundraising platform. Um, it's really easy for nonprofits to get set up um, and, and have this, this capability on their Facebook page for their users to set up their own um, fundraising initiatives for them. Um, and it just, it really helps it connect social the social media um world together so you know it's it's for so long it was always the pushing out donate now donate now um but now a user can create their own calls and and then you're using the user as the one pushing out the message donate 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 to me and so it makes it more personal um and easier to share so now now like that concept of of donating is a shareable concept and more personal Yeah, and I especially love it because of that personal factor. So every time a new fundraiser is created, you can see who exactly has donated to that campaign, who created it, which of your friends are involved. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a great way to call out your friends and family and say, hey, you need to help me with this. This is really important to me. And I think nonprofits have talked about peer-to-peer fundraising for years, and there just hasn't been that one tool that's really pushed that along. And mm-hmm. I think this is kind of it. And it's going to be really exciting to see where it goes next year. There's just so much we can do with it. It's yeah, great. Um, along the same lines um, with Facebook, let's talk a little bit about advertising. And specifically with, um, I think, the nonprofit space, there's a little bit more opportunities um, with the custom audiences. If you want to touch a little bit about how the work we've done to to build custom audiences for our nonprofit clients. Sure. So custom audiences are definitely a great tool, especially for nonprofits. Um, Basically, all you have to do is upload an email list, and Facebook matches that with um, users who have accounts um, that they started using that email. Mm -hmm. So what we've done for a few different clients is kind of – segment some of those different audiences and think about strategically how we compare that with an advertising campaign. Um, So one list may be um, past donors. Another list may be potential donors. You might have um, your biggest list is just all of your contacts that you um, focus on for an ad that's just uh, general information or just um, more of an awareness campaign, something like that. But being able to 
create um, multiple audiences for different um, donor campaigns is just great because then you can uh, customize the visuals or language based on what that audience may connect with. Yeah, and it's really cost-effective. So for smaller nonprofits that want to be able to reach people in multiple ways, they're reaching their donors through a a mailing. Um, You know, that can get a a little pricey. Um, So maybe they take a segment of donors that are younger, um, see if they're on Facebook, um, and try to reach them that way um, through a a very, very cost-effective ad program. Yeah, and even... Um, even though we're, you know, measuring the uh, return on investment there and, of course, watching how many people are actually clicking through to mm-hmm. the website, if you're targeting your existing fan base and donors, um, even if they don't click through, it's still another reminder to them. They might right. see it on their phone and say, oh, let me go grab my credit card and go to their website. I yep. almost forgot to donate this year. And yeah. at least it's just one more reminder. Right. I mean, we see it as consumers. You see it if you're on a website and then you go to Facebook and you're getting that ad, same ad, um, same concept there. I'm just trying to hit people on multiple, multiple platforms. Um, and I guess the last thing to, to touch on... Um, building off of the, um, the idea of advertising is that, you know, we're constantly hearing that organic reach is, is on the decline and that Facebook, you have to advertise to be successful on Facebook. Um, and maybe now Instagram. Um, so can you talk a little bit about just what we've seen on how organic reach can, can be influenced through our work? Sure. So we've definitely seen some organic reach going down, but that's not necessarily across the board. Um, We've seen a lot of uh, new tools um, this year that are kind of exciting opportunities where even though we may be losing some reach on a few Facebook posts, there are still some different ways where we can engage our followers. Um, The the biggest thing I think this year is definitely Instagram stories. Um, It's just... I can't even remember what Instagram was like before we mm-hmm. had stories, but there's just so much to do there. And it's kind of a nice um, alternative to Snapchat if Snapchat isn't the best opportunity um, for a client. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just a lot of great stuff we can do with that. We had one, I think, really good example with um, a Facebook story and being able to tag locations. So... If you think about a client might have a small, um, a smaller audience on, on Instagram because it's new or it's just a, a very unique audience. Um, but then if you can use the story functionality, say, out at, at one of their events and tag the location, can you talk a little bit about how that works? Yeah, yeah. I remember um, the first client we did that for pretty much right after um, Instagram stories became available was uh, Ripken Baseball. And mm-hmm. during the summer, they're... Um, constantly traveling all over the country um, especially through their Chevy tour and they have really really cool stops along the way that are at some different um, major league baseball parks and just really cool free clinics for kids all over the country and um, we always share photos and stuff but there wasn't really a great way to like go a little bit further than that and um so what we did was we actually did instagram stories in a few of those locations and we were able to add um tag the location so we added you know kaufman stadium and then all of a sudden we're reaching 
new fans mm-hmm. in uh, Kansas City, and it was just really cool to see that that was added to the community story, and we got a few more followers from right. a totally different location where Ripken Baseball doesn't even have a complex, but, mm-hmm. but there are baseball active. fans yeah. there, yeah. and yeah, so that's like that's a really unique and great example of how um, an organic um, post, um, it's nothing you're paying for, um, has the opportunity to reach more people um, when you're paying attention to the platforms and the capabilities of, of now these stories. Um, so that's a really unique way for Instagram to, to let their followers um, reach more people um, without having to pay. So that's really cool. Um, what about video? Um, we see video. I think it was definitely the year of uh, video posts within social media, for sure. Definitely. Facebook feeds now are just yeah. video. It's like you only see one or two photos now, and it mm-hmm. may be from your mom or a close friend, <laughs> and everything else seems to be video now. It's crazy. Yeah, um, and I think we've seen internally here, so we have our in-house videographer, um, and a lot of the work she does is on, you know, larger videos, um, storytelling videos for clients um, that integrate to our into our, you know, larger PR plans. But a lot of her work this year started to become smaller, social media-driven um, clips. And especially, you know, for our hospitality clients, like the, the Green Turtle, um, the Turnhouse, uh, Roy Rogers, there's just a huge opportunity to expand the content. And so it's, it's such a visual world. Um, you know, Rebecca spent a lot of time creating small gifts, um, you know, just small video clips that really highlight their products. And we see, I think we're going to continue to see that trend with clients and, and being able to use her services. Yeah, definitely. And we've done a lot with um, just really simple graphics or animations and kind of bringing that to life just to mm-hmm. highlight um, you know, some interesting numbers or visuals um, just in a really simple way just to kind of give it a little extra boost and it really only has to be a five or ten second clip and Mm -hmm. it'll still go a long way Mm -hmm. and we're seeing and you're definitely seeing that that content is performing better um if you know if used in the right way it always has to be used at the right time in the right way Um, definitely you do see the the increase in engagement there so another um, really great idea for engagement um and then I guess the last thing is, is a little bit more recent um, with Twitter and how they're approaching. Um, Twitter kind of seems to be the, um, you don't hear as much about Twitter, um, just with the growth of Instagram um, and a new, um, you know, Facebook advertising. I think a lot of clients are, are still really focused on that. Um, so Twitter kind of becomes the, <laughs> the silent social media um, platform. Um, but can you talk about their what they've done this year yeah so of course (laughs) twitter now gave everyone access to 280 characters per tweet which is a lot it's twice as much as what we had before Mm -hmm. um and we've talked a lot about this because of course we were all excited um as social media managers thinking about those days where we're trying to compose a tweet and we're still one character over (laughs) the limit and you have to figure out which character you're going to cut uh that can be quite the challenge, but um, so we've definitely been using more characters for some of our tweets. For example, when we do contests and we want to explain a few more rules, it's really nice to have extra room to mm-hmm. do that. Um, but we've also talked a lot about not always using those 280 characters. So even sure. when we had 140 characters, we knew that fewer characters still got more engagement. Um, so we're still trying to, you know, keep it short and simple, really have mm-hmm. a bold, impactful statement and not always use 280 characters just because we can. Right. But, but having that ability, um, you know, to give a little bit more um, 
detail helps. And I think that helps with, with going back to organic reach and, and how you reaching people with Definitely. your, with your content. Uh, do you have Clara, like a favorite story or um, contest or just campaign that maybe we implemented this year that was just a unique engagement driven campaign? I feel like I keep talking about Big League Chew, but uh, definitely one contest I love doing was um, they have a new flavor coming out in 2018, and um, they they didn't have a name for it yet. And mm-hmm. we said, well, let's ask your fans. Your fans tweet about their favorite flavors and what flavors they would like to see in the future all the time. Um, so we put it out there and let everyone know that Blue Raspberry was coming in 2018 and we wanted their help naming it. And that was really a lot of fun to see uh, what people came up with. I think we had almost 300 entries and definitely it was a hard decision and we left it up to a vote in the end. Um, so that was cool. Yeah. But it all goes back to like what we started talking about earlier is engaging with your fan base and, and really bringing them into your social community and giving them a voice. Like that, that is what social media is meant to be, um, letting people have an opinion and, and participate. Um, so that's definitely really exciting. Um, so, yeah, we saw a lot of great things in 2017. We're excited for 2018 um, and what social media will bring for us. So thanks for joining me today, Clara. No problem. (laughs) And thank you all for listening. Um, We post a lot of uh, blog content on maroonpr.com. We've talked about recently the Twitter um, expanded character count um, and some other social media, um, you know, revelations through 2017. So definitely check us out there if you'd like to learn more. Um, And we're on social media at maroonpr on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.